Vicky and I'm the creator and founder of the Groove Project Australia, helping you find your groove, create your groove and live a delicious, amazing, incredible life. Today, this is episode one. Welcome. I wonder if you're listening to these in order. I wonder when it is that you've discovered this. I wonder if you're going to actually listen to the end of this. All of these things. This is all very new to me. I am on Instagram and I do stories and I do things on Facebook and I have blogged. I've had many blogs over the years, but podcasting is something that I've thought about for a number of years. I've actually had planned and I've had students of mine actually do podcasts for the subject that we're doing at the time, the subject I was teaching at the time, but I have never done my own podcast. And just with everything that is now happening with the Groove Project Australia, I think that this is a really good platform for anyone who is, you know, maybe out for a walk or in the car or doing some cooking or cleaning or listening at work. I know a few people who listen to podcasts while they're working. Whatever you are doing, um, it would be interesting for me to know what you were doing while you were listening to this and how you found me. So my intention for these podcasts is twofold. Firstly, it's to give you just little snacky nuggets of things to just think about, experiences, different perspectives, about uh, mind body eating, about intuitive eating, about wellness, about weight loss and bariatric surgery, and just in general, how to navigate your life. My background is I am in my mid 40s. I am living in Sydney, Australia. I have a checkered history with dieting. I remember my first official formal diet being when I was 15 years old and I wrote letters to weight loss companies sitting in a history class when I was in year 10 and I had found those in a phone book and I went for all the local ones and instead of calling them because you know that was something you needed to do in business hours and very confronting I actually wrote letters I wrote letters to these companies asking them about their programs and their plans and their pricing and I had already been on diets for a number of years I was very aware of my weight which was not overweight to be honest at all but the people and uh, circumstances in my life at the time made me believe that I was overweight I was also a teenager and no matter whether you're a teenager in you know the year 2019 or you're a teenager in 1989 the pressures are still the same and the information that you're getting is still the same it just comes from different sources now but I wrote these letters to these weight loss companies and ended up begging my mum to pay for a program at Jenny Craig And back then, Jenny Craig wasn't the food it is these days. It was basically what I call now dehydrated cat food, 
and I remember having my before photo done and I remember the shame of that. I was wearing baggy tracksuit pants and uh, my boyfriend at the time, uh, a big surf shirt of his because I was trying to hide and I was 64 kilos. I remember that they measured my wrist because that was an indicator of of what my body frame would be so therefore that was an indication of what my goal weight would be and I was given a goal weight of 49 kilos 49 kilos I sacrificed a lot I remember crying in my bedroom one night while my family was eating spaghetti bolognese and that is not even my favorite food but I was eating basically this tin that was tuna and I hated tuna but what I wanted more was to fit in and I thought by losing weight that I would fit in and that everything in my life that felt wrong would miraculously change once I hit that magic 49 kilos. Here's the thing, I've never ever in my 30, almost 30 years of dieting, ever hit a goal weight that either myself or someone else has set for me. Let that sink in for a sec. I have never, ever reached that magical number, that magical goal. And yet I spent so many years hating myself, sabotaging myself, undoing relationships because of my mindset I sacrificed friendships I had horrible times with my family because all I could see was that I was unworthy because I didn't fit the perceived ideal so from that I actually lost six kilos and I was down to a tiny size 10. Now I'm discovering 30 years later that a size 10 of 2019 is not the same as a size 10 of 1989. I think I think a size 10 then would be like the equivalent to our six now. Sizing's changed. And we keep saying that sizing is getting smaller, but I actually think sizing is getting bigger. And I um, actually, you know, a bit of sidetrack here. I tried on my year 12 formal dress the other day and I had put on weight. I'd been a size back then, you know, 8, 8 to 10 the year before. And I'd gone off, you know, I think it was Weight Watchers back then. I'd gone off Weight Watchers and I put on a little bit of weight and I felt like a massive elephant. And I remember shopping for my formal dress with my mum and thinking that I would not be able to fit into anything. And I was wearing size 14. And, you know, I think that was more like a 10 or a 12 now as well because the other day I put on that dress and I couldn't even do the zip up. I know that that was a 14 uh, back in 92 and um, there is no way that that would be a 14 now because my pants and my dresses all say size 10 and some of them say size 12 but mostly a 10 now and I can't fit into a 14 
you know, about many years ago. So sizing has changed. So I've had this really checkered uh, past with eating. I've I've never been bulimic. I've never been anorexic, but I've had an eating disorder my whole entire life. I have you know sat down at least you know, every couple of months and I would have these diaries that I would write down how horrible I was and how disgusting I was and how you know and I would I would write in detail how everything that I felt was wrong in my life was related back to the fact that I was fat and I would dream and I would have dates and I would write these dates down and I would write down these predictions of if I lost a kilo a week, if I lost two kilos a week, this is what I would be at. And, you know, like with everything and we know this now with diets, yeah, they work. They work because you change your eating dramatically in the first few weeks. You lose a lot of water weight. You also lose fat as well because you're in that calorie deficit. But after a while... If it's not sustainable, it wears off. And so every single time I look at these diaries, and I've kept a a number of them uh, to look back on, I can see that, you know, around the six, six week, eight week, if I was lucky, Mark, then it would all start to fall apart and I'd be writing again, you know, I've got no self-control, I've got no willpower, I can't do any of this. And so... So that I'm not making this a, a two-hour first episode, you'll hear more about my my process and you know my my life story and my relationship with food and eating and dieting along the way through these episodes. If you are going, you know, able to listen to them, but uh, basically, as I said, I I did not deserve myself, and that was the mindset. I do not deserve. I ate my way and layered my way up to almost 120 kilos. The the highest I think I've ever recorded is 119.9 kilos. And I was devastated at that point, but I was okay as well because I had discovered something that was really powerful and I didn't realize then even though I I was still dabbling in the dieting world I didn't realize that what I discovered through a particular program and doing this program a few times was that my relationship with food and my eating and my weight really had nothing to do with how much I was consuming, how much willpower I did or I didn't have, how much exercise I did or I didn't do. It was all to do with how I felt about myself and how I fit into this world. And once I had slowly started to unpack that food was just, and weight was just a doorway, it was a symptom to something else, then the layers slowly started to come off. But the problem was, and you might think this is a cop-out, but... For me, I, I had done you know, four years, two years quite intensive, one year really intense on not dieting, not being on a particular diet, even though I would, you know, late nights succumb, you know, like you do online shopping or, or some people, you know, getting on Tinder or Bumble and, and, and getting that little bit of a high in attention. Um, I, you know, I might have dabbled in, in some looking at diets or even paying for stuff and then cancelling it really quickly. 
but I'd gotten to the point where I'd done all this inner work and my body wasn't responding and I have a I have I had all over medical issues at that point not caused by obesity but not helped by it either and so I was dealing with migraines I was dealing with endometriosis I was dealing with hormonal issues and PCOS I had insulin resistance I turns out that I had really severe anemia for a number of years so long that my hematologist doesn't even know how long you know I, I was so anemic for um, even though I was always tested for iron even though my GP had told me that I was low in iron it was only when I got to see a hematologist that I found out how low I actually was because the tests were a bit misleading I was dealing with all these medical issues and I couldn't I, I, I said for, for so many years, and I, I clearly remember about three or four conversation, conversations I had with people about this, I'd always, every time I thought I'd find something, I'm like, yep, I need to find this root cause, I need to find this one thing, and if I find that one thing, and not necessarily a magic pill of a diet or whatever it was, but if I can find this one thing and yank that out of my life, then all the rest of it's going to fall into place. And to try as I might, I just couldn't find that one thing because, you know, my mind would be better, but my body would be rubbish or my body would be good because I was on something and then, but my head would be rubbish. My spiritual life was bad or my spiritual life was good and I just couldn't get it all together. So for me, the decision to have bariatric surgery was a big one and it was a long time coming. And in further episodes, I will talk again more about that. But for me, I truly believe now, just for me, not for you, but for me, it was the one thing that I needed to do because what it did, it allowed me to get my body to a fair starting point and to lose the extra layers and fat that I put on, the past, my past self had put on, but my present self was still battling with. And so once those layers have sort of gone, it then allowed room in my life to pursue other things, to think about other things, to not be able to blame my rubbish dating life on the fact that I was fat because I'm not now or blame the fact that if I was on an online dating thing and I was getting no uh, winks or likes or messages then oh it must be because I'm fat well I can't blame it on that anymore so it's forced me to look at other areas of my life and other areas of my mindset and who I am and unpacking those things now to help me create that delicious life that I crave and I am really looking forward to talking to you more about all of these things, about finding a groove, about creating your own groove to living that that life that is a life full of, you know, beautiful freedom, you know, not freedom without boundaries, but freedom um, with your own personal boundaries and um, living a way that is respectful to yourself and, and the people and the world around you as well. So what I do is I do mind body eating coaching. Um, I am also, you might not know how this relates or think it doesn't relate, but I am a special educator. I have a master's degree in inclusive education and I feel that a lot of what I've learnt in the realm of my own personal development and then my professional development are now able to come together because the the skills and strategies I know um, to create effective programs and to implement programs for, for students that are struggling and, and teachers to be able to teach them 
that comes together and it marries really well with what I know now about um, how to unwrap your head slowly from diet culture and from your relationship with food and holding yourself back in your life so my I've had experience mentoring teachers and uh, coaching you know students as well and I have been told by many people that I've done this over the years for them informally so what I'm doing now is I'm actually making this formal I have spots available for August for one and that's August 2019 because again I don't know when you're listening to this but I have spots a couple of spots available for either face-to-face or online one-on-one coaching uh, in mind body eating and growth mindset uh, I will talk about my you know, credentials another time um, and also my coaching strategies as well but basically if that interests you if that sparks a little bit of an idea with you um, and you want to know more my email address is the group project australia at gmail or you can catch me on instagram or facebook again the group project australia i'd love to talk to you i'd love to talk to you more about all of this stuff i'd love to talk to you more about mind body eating coaching i'd love to talk to you about groove which is something that i haven't spoken about yet which is a de- inclusive dance class and program um, that i am a facilitator in and um something that I think marries in really well with everything that the group project Australia is so again if you're interested send me an email drop me a dm I'd love to talk to you but today I just want to leave you with just a thought that no matter what you do in life any choice you make whether it be good or bad and generally I'm talking about those things we we term as, as bad bad choices bad decisions Nothing you do cannot be undone in some way, shape or form. Yes, there are going to be consequences for things. Some of them are big consequences, some of them are not so big. But there is never a point in your life, unless you are right on your deathbed and about to take your very last breath, there is nothing in this world that you do that cannot be done undone in some way. There are no absolutes here. There's no final, that's it. That was the last time I failed at that. That was the last time this, I made this choice. It was bad. I can't undo that. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. And I will leave you with this. Almost 20 minutes. There's your little snack for the day. And I'll catch you another time.